Welcome to Talking Frank Without Frank. This is the podcast where a welfare and undergrad education officer talk all things Sussex University open and honestly. We hope you enjoy. Hi Chris. Hi Nina, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, surviving. Yeah. yeah, surviving the spring weather. Spring weather, yeah. It's been pretty atrocious, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, storm after storm. Yeah. Let's hope for better weather for election week. Yeah, it's almost it's almost biblical, isn't it? Yeah, I can't. Maybe this is our judgment. It seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. End of days. Well, because last week's um, special episode was about elections. Um, thank you for everyone who nominated themselves. We have a very good amount of nominations at the moment, um, which is very exciting since we have the new full-time roles. Um, so thank you, everyone, for that. I've spoken to some... Some students who are running and everyone seems really excited um, and it's yeah it's great to see like new people come in with um, no <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> um, new people come in with like enthusiasm and passion and obviously that's not a dick to say that people who might be rerunning are not enthusiastic <laughs> because they are yeah. Um, but yeah if that makes sense maybe no one's enthusiastic Maybe, maybe we should go down that line. If we say no one's enthusiastic, mm-hmm. then we're not discriminating against anyone. Well, that's just a bit negative about the elections. Is it? Is it, isn't it closed? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. The elections will be amazing. They will be. The best. We have some week. exciting plans um, in the union what to do during election week. So. What are those exciting plans, Nina? Um, I don't want to share anything yet. Okay, cool. Should we move on then? We shall see when it's election week. But yeah, thanks to everyone. What's... Um, the topic of the week, Chris. So we're going to kick off um, with coronavirus. Um, pretty pretty stressful topic for a lot of people. Yep. Um, one of those topics where there's nothing really positive to say. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always a, a glimmer of hope in some places. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's been a lot of issue around coronavirus. Um, I think what we've found is the biggest issue is not in fact been the virus. It's been the way some students have been treated mm-hmm. um students and staff yeah students and yep. staff um definitely seen a spike in racism towards sadly towards mm-hmm. um so towards students specifically students um from east asia um southeast asia etc or who are assumed to be from east yeah. asia from the way they look yeah yeah um which is not good yeah um, yeah i've sadly heard reports of People um, moving away from students, those mm-hmm. students on trains, etc., and people getting involved and pointing fingers of blame, mm-hmm. which is sad. So, yeah. yeah, any anyone listening, if if you ever see that, it's it's important to call these things out when we um when we see them. Yeah, exactly, and um, not to say that because I don't want to stand here and be like everything needs to be reported, but if you do report, then um, either to us or the university or you know to the police or racial harassment forum in town um then we will have the university will have the authorities will have a record of that so that then those statistics can be used when like allocating resources and you know what will be done uh, because sometimes you know the sad truth is that these like big institutions need the numbers yeah. to kind of see that something's going on and um, I, I think yeah. I think there's not been at least it seems to us I mean the university have done stuff 
Mm. They haven't been completely inactive. But mm. it almost seems like they're avoiding, like they're avoiding the R word, the racism mm. word. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 this mm-hmm. can't happen. I, I don't think I've seen mention anywhere from yeah. university comms about increased racism. And sometimes I think you just need to call this stuff out for what it is. Yeah, exactly. And I think especially in these kind of topics where I feel like for the majority of privileged mainstream people, it's easy to like not even think about those things um, as we are with Chris, both white people here. Um that to, because it's easy to see it when you don't experience it or you know your family members don't experience it um but that shouldn't be the case and i think especially when when sussex is is quite diver- diverse for um being a university outside of london for or like outside of manchester for example and we have a high number of international students i think we have even more of a kind of like duty to talk about these things for what they are yeah. and and also um do something about them yeah and it comes yeah, yeah i think the the lack of talking comes down to that whole post-race idea that mm-hmm. university of sussex post-race like we're <laughs> yeah. we're not a racist institution because we're sussex we're radical mm-hmm. that's what we're all about but actually yeah. sometimes you need to call it out for what it is and accept that your mm-hmm. university isn't this always mm-hmm. this amazing place where everyone is treated fairly because it's not yeah yeah and if you hide from that fact you'll never you'll never Mm. fix it yeah Um, yeah and I think what was what was quite sad as well we were Mm. um, members of the union have been talking to a lot of um, Chinese uh, East Asian uh, South like students around that area international students and one of the things that kept coming up is that those students were saying to members of the students union that we're wearing those masks because they're the, the masks on the face because they don't want they want people to know that they're mm-hmm. not they're being aware and they're not trying to spread germs etc mm. and sadly what's happened on the other end is that a lot of students have then come to us and been like oh the masks scare me mm. and it's just that lack of communication mm-hmm. if those students knew that those those that other stu- group of students is wearing those masks because they're aware and they're trying to be um they're trying to be really kind of friendly and say mm. like well look we know mm-hmm. what the current situation is and we're watching our health so you don't we don't spread anything to you and it's just not come across mm. like that because people don't communicate and it's very yeah. much yeah isolated mm-hmm. and that that's been really that was quite sad to me yeah and i think it's about kind of like i think that shows that kind of like maybe collective responsibility of of kind of making sure that the situation like everyone is kind of doing something yeah. um but yeah then when it's misinterpreted um people get then yeah, yeah. um but yeah obviously this week or even last week already with um, coronavirus cases in in Italy and then spreading from there again to the UK and other places in Europe. Um, Yeah, might be likely that we're in the situation for quite long or kind of at least it's not going away. Um, But yeah, to make sure that or kind of reassure people, the union and the university is doing everything what public health England is saying exactly. to do yeah disclaimer we're we're not health experts yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so if you're ever yeah mm-hmm. don't listen to this podcast as like the truth <laughs> on coronavirus. yeah ever want to know something or find out some more answers look at yeah public health england mm-hmm. etc yeah and about the um just to make even more clear about the racism issue that if you do let us know and you tell us or kind of not in even necessarily in the reporting way but we are here to support you and if you know, obviously then with the reporting, you would have to know kind of who the person is and stuff. But let's say your classmate who you know 
and you know their name and then you want to report them if they do something and you want to report them the university will take consequences on like there's consequences to these actions is what i'm trying to say um and we in the union do not obviously wait contend and condone which is the right word here we do not we do not condone yeah and we condemn let's trust chris who is the english person here um or any kind of harassment or racism yeah 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 it's 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 sad because and i think that there's definitely been students out there who are more aware and there's students Mm -hmm. and there's been greater connection between communities because of this but that is it feels like at least that's a minority at the Mm -hmm. moment um but the silver lining is there's still some students who are aware and and uh, mm-hmm. we as a students union are trying to do the best we can in terms of supporting students from different yeah. backgrounds and making people aware of these things. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, as I'm sure everyone's aware, there's no confirmed mm-hmm. cases on campus. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed it stays that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So moving on to something more positive. Yeah. Strikes. We, we, we <laughs> um, yeah. I just wanted to say some things that we've been up to strike related i'm sure as again everyone knows this week was the second week of UCU strike action for this term two more weeks to go um and yeah i think from my point of view i was here in 2018 and then obviously last term was working and then now again i have definitely seen a shift in in some of the people in the picket lines how they kind of approach students or yeah yeah how they talk to students which has been nice because i do feel like obviously i'm like politically very here for strike action and and all of that kind of sentiment but i do feel like people easily get isolated if they feel like the people who are on strike are being like intimidating sure do you, do you um, think the strike would be more successful if they took into account more astrology type things? They they reacted to rising moons and their and their birth charts. Do you think it would be? Well, I think in general, we could all benefit from reading our birth charts um, very, very thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly. thoroughly. Um, and yeah i'm i'm not you might think that i'm an expert in astrology but i'm actually not i just follow a lot of meme accounts okay and um co-star app is the best and you know all of that so i'm quite apps are available there's probably other apps but the co-star is the best um not a paid sponsorship um wish (laughs) maybe i'll start an astrology (laughs) podcast after this and get paid by co-star um so I can't really answer that question, Chris, but okay. I would say that it can't do no harm. Um, sure. Yeah, but what we've been doing, um, I've been in contact with quite a lot of um, students around compensation and how much, especially for PG students um, who are only here for a year, and especially if they're international, this year obviously has been really, really disruptive or the strike action has been really disruptive to them and kind of what we can do to support them. Yes, yeah, yeah, especially those postgrads who mm-hmm. have, what, 20, is it 24 weeks of teaching, 22? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And they have a lot of them who's, a lot of those students whose teachers are striking mm-hmm. would have lost eight weeks, something like that. Yeah. So that's a big proportion of their, yeah, of their yeah. teaching time. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and what I was going to say that although obviously majority of our students is ho- our home students who get and most of home students get um, loans from the student loan company and I do as well although I'm I'm not a home student is that yeah the statistics are that what 83% of student loans never get paid back but then I don't think we can we can like ignore that some people are here and like quite a lot of people are here from um from backgrounds where their families for example have worked really hard to make sure that they can come here and study and they have paid paid a lot of money to be here and not only in the international student aspect aspect not only paid that money but how much kind of costs and everything else it has taken them to be here and even those students who may not have paid but have got scholarships like the, yeah. the amount of hard work mm-hmm. they would have put in yeah. to get a scholarship and they want their they want to get the most out of their scholarship because mm-hmm. it might be a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah yeah exactly and if they're missing out loads of their mm-hmm. teaching and they've tried they put their heart and soul into getting that scholarship then mm-hmm. so to them it's like wow that's it's not a money loss to them mm-hmm. but it's it's effort mm-hmm. and it's an emotional loss to them as well yeah yeah exactly and obviously I don't want anyone to think that me and Chris are somehow anti-strike <laughs> because we're not, and the union isn't isn't anti-strike. Um, very supportive of um, of UCU staff members' right to strike and reasons why they're striking. Um, but obviously, the disruption element is there, and we have to care about students who get to, and and like all of these students that I've spoken to about compensation are supporting the strike and yeah, are supporting yeah. their teachers, but at the same time are obviously pissed yeah and and it's it's compensation for those students mm-hmm. but it's compensation to hurt the universities mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. aren't paying staff properly because mm-hmm. that's why it's happening so it's yeah those students want those compensation and they want to be respected they want to be looked after and said well mm-hmm. actually we're paying this money so like let's give us money back yeah but then it's also to the universities who are failing them like mm-hmm. this is your fault it's not we want compensation from teachers mm-hmm. or we want the teachers yeah. to pay out their salaries it's we want yeah. the universities who have failed us because they've failed their mm-hmm. their staff yeah exactly yeah. um in relation to this i would highly recommend checking out the ucu teach out schedule um teach out is not replacing any form of teaching but are more kind of conversations around with staff members and students around the reasons why they're on strike or the kind of system that we're in I went to a really good one with um, one of my old teachers from Global Studies um, and it was a lot about the kind of how the system works for both students and staff and how what's kind of wrong with it and the reasons like that pushed them to the point that they have to go on strike. And Nina, if, if students wanted to find out, go mm-hmm. to one place to find all the mm-hmm. information to do with strikes, where would they go? Mm-hmm. Well, you could, um, you could go to sussexstudent.com and in the latest news section, there's a piece about UCU um, strike action, which is all of the relevant links, um, including a Google Drive that I made that's public that has quite a lot of, like has the links to the um, UCU facts document, UCU teachers document, some NUS, um, National Union of Students um, material around, oh, here's a template to write your VC, that kind of stuff. So the Sasa Students Union website, you can find the links from my social media. Um, and yeah, everything is there. Um, but yeah, I was going to say that with, um, if you don't really understand the whole like strike context, I would highly recommend going to those teach outs or then 
just even speaking to the staff members on the picket or like your teachers that you know that are on strike because they're more than happy to explain and kind of talk about this um while it's going on and I think another thing good about the teachers is because there's students and staff together there and from like the wider university like departments than necessarily your own and I think it's really good to kind of have those conversations because you understand the like difficult position that staff members are in because obviously like all of them care about teaching and are passionate about those subjects and really care about students so that they're put in this weird position where they have to withdraw their labor um for um for very legitimate reasons but then also they they obviously they don't want to like piss off their students and i've never met a single academic or staff member here at the university of sussex who doesn't enjoy doing Mm -hmm. the teaching slash yeah Mm -hmm. seminars blah 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 all that stuff so Mm -hmm. i do feel like when they're not doing this it's not like they're like yes we get some time yeah yeah exactly they're like i people genuinely people do want to be in those classrooms people do want to be Mm -hmm. supporting students and it's it's a shame that they can't be doing that yeah yeah Um, and and the situation has got to this point where there's so little respect for staff members Mm -hmm. in sussex and at lots of universities that they're Mm -hmm. forced to do yeah and um another thing that we've been doing is the well-being space in farmer house first floor in the fishbowl office um, which is through the common room and on the right where I've bought some snacks and some fruits and biscuits and hot um, hot drinks um, so people can kind of come there and chill not even like if you're if you're not like involved in the strike action it's completely fine to come there and maybe you can you know meet some new people and have these conversations and lots of the students who are, who are quite active in the strike action um, spend some time there so you can also get involved with um with them um yeah yeah anything else about strikes you wanted to add i can't think of anything yeah next week will be i mean we're recording on friday the 28th so next week will be four days and then five days um and then action short of a strike will most likely continue i've seen a few tweets by the ucu Mm -hmm. um twitter account and there was a few tweets saying like progress has been made in talks so yeah, I'm I not. Know, I don't know what that means. Yeah, it, it's something coming yeah. out, right? I think I've seen some as well that locally with um with like their UCU branch and then um either with university or UECA or UUK, which are the two organisations kind of against the UCU here. Um, so locally, that's true. I hate them. Yeah, <laughs> get into room, they just fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think something locally. I'm not sure about the national context, but yeah, let's let's hope for yeah, let's hope for some negotiations. Yeah, let's hope for a good resolution that yeah. means our yeah. academics and staff are respected, and yeah. therefore students get don't have to strike every yeah. term, and students <laughs> get a better <laughs> education. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to, Chris? Nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, don't I'm lie. Kidding. Um, I have been working with other officers and staff members other officers including nina and staff members um and also some students and um, members of the university to get the bame ambassador scheme up and running um we've finished interviews all the positions are filled 
except one for education and social work. We had some issues with applications, so we've mm-hmm. reopened that for a couple of weeks, I believe, but check the website for more details. And what does BAME mean for people who don't know? BAME is um, Black, Asian and Minority Ethnic. Mm-hmm. It's basically a ridiculous term. Um mm-hmm. Often, mm-hmm. not a perfect term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without going into the mm-hmm. too long into this, mm-hmm. it's it's a ridiculous term because it's basically everyone who's not white mm-hmm. um, bundled into one term. Mm-hmm. And sadly, in the sector within the public sector, we often use terms like this because that's how we how we work on finding a fix. Um, we isolate groups like this and we use clunky language. Mm-hmm. For example, it used to be everyone used to refer to it as the attainment gap, mm-hmm. which was yeah. again a ridiculous term because it assumes fault on the students. It's yeah, their attainment. On the individuals, yeah. So we've now moved towards using awarding gap, which is better because it's it puts um puts the blame on the institution. Mm-hmm. Um but again, yeah, mm-hmm. BAME BAME is a ridiculous term because you have so many sub identities as mm-hmm. part of that. However, we're, yeah. u- we're using this because that's the system within mm-hmm. which the university works and hopefully, yeah. and we're using it, we're not using it in a negative way. Yeah. We're trying to yeah. get and a difference for those students, yeah. even though a lot of those students probably wouldn't even identify and don't even know what BAME is. Yeah, and that's um, the term that like, to my knowledge at least, is the kind of nationally used, yeah. um, used term as well. And what the awarding gap means is, um, isn't it, there's mostly around grades but then there's lots of other factors that can affect like why BAME students get worse grades than um yeah, yeah exactly you're exactly yeah. right um yeah it's it's all to do with um the difference that home so at the moment we're looking primarily at home BAME mm-hmm. students to home white students and the grades they achieve and at the moment there's a disparity in terms of achieving a good grade which is a two one or a first um Basically, there was, I think, the latest data shows there was about a 13% difference. So mm-hmm. if you're, um, in comparison to BAME students, if you're a white home student, you're like 13% more likely to get a good grade yeah. than BAME, your BAME home counterparts. Yeah. Um, and for black, it's even worse. Yeah, when you students. break it down to yeah. subgroups, yeah, black yeah. students, the gap's even bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like Nina was saying, it's not just to do always to do with teaching. Teaching is a big part, but mm-hmm. like in terms mm-hmm. of support students of that background mm-hmm. get, in terms of um, institutional racism and institutional mm-hmm. bias, um, in yeah. terms of support around kind of like personal life, mm-hmm. and also in terms mm-hmm. of diversity of staff. Yeah. If you don't, if there's not a diversity of staff, but there's a diversity of students, mm-hmm. students are often going to feel isolated and like yeah. they're not represented. Yeah. And one of the big the things is content of. I was going to say yeah. content of. Um, of modules and and courses that's often that's often very um very kind of white eurocentric exactly. western which is often most of the time quite problematic yeah and like i was saying um if you don't have people you identify as you don't see yourself mm-hmm. progressing because it's like well mm-hmm. if there's no um if there's no being people mm-hmm. in the staff here then should I can I progress through this mm-hmm. like there's no role models yeah. etc yeah and again we can call it what it is here is racism both institutionally and um and then kind of racism within yeah. within a lot of people um and a lot of it's that to is do, yeah a lot of it's to do with ideas of white fragility as well mm-hmm. and that comes yeah. into post-race the whole idea mm-hmm. of white fragility is that oh we're we're white and liberal so we can't yeah. be racist yeah, it's not yeah. possible yeah that's not the and idea. until you understand that racism isn't always overt it's mm-hmm. it's uh yeah yeah 
covert and it's kind of mm-hmm. sometimes it's also like small things and microaggressions mm-hmm. yeah until you start accepting that's a reality you can't really fix these problems for a lot mm-hmm. of students because yeah just in denial so you can't it's it's mm-hmm. those stages isn't it if you're in denial you can't move on to yeah. fixing a problem yeah i was interviewing for um lps and mfm uh media film and music and law politics and sociology schools uh, for the BAME ambassadors and we had some really really good candidates and I'm really excited and I feel like it's such an opportunity to like make such like profound permanent change in um in in the schools and in departments and like whole university wide um which is really exciting yeah and we've thankfully um we've got quite quite a decent budget because we lobbied mm-hmm. the university quite effectively mm-hmm. um so um we have a lot of money for development for our BAME ambassadors so mm-hmm. we're hopefully going to be doing really mm-hmm. good training for them and for the individuals who are being our BAME ambassadors mm-hmm. they'll get lots out of it personally in their own development yeah exactly so we're really excited about that yeah and then the full-time researcher that we'll have is also there to um support them yeah. and then be like part of this like really important work and it was actually interesting me and you were in um, University Education Committee, which is one of the big, big committees that we get to be part of. Um, and person from Foundation School was saying about how important it is that everyone um, in the department kind of really understands the BAME awarding gap and how important it is and how it should be like in the center of kind of developing education, developing teaching and developing learning for everyone and not just for especially not I think what we need to be careful about is that we don't pay pay people um in staff to kind of take the burden on well obviously because you're paying you care about this is that that's also not fine and and we can't put all of that to those people and all of the emotional labor that comes with it um, but everyone kind of has to take that has to take this in do some self-reflection and make some changes where you can and listen to the BAME ambassadors and your like your BAME students in general in kind of what they what they feel like and what the kind of how the system works for them because it doesn't work the same for um for BAME students as it does for home white students especially so yeah, I think there's some nice sentiment around in actually making the changes. And which I do find sometimes quite frustrating is that we we often like have the data, like the research has been done and the data is there, but then we're somehow like left in this like, oh, but if we would know this, if we would research more. And in this case, I do strongly feel like we do have all of the data and we just have to start acting. Yeah, and that's that's a big frustration of a lot of students who we've spoke to who identify as BAME. Um, they've said, mm-hmm. we're tired of people telling us that there isn't enough data. Um, we're tired of people telling us this mm-hmm. isn't a thing. And we need to now start listening to the, we, I mean, and, and I think we are with this BAME ambassador scheme, we're listening to the students properly and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. we agree, we totally agree, let's do something. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, that's yeah. the aim of this. Exactly. And I think, yeah, we at the union, we have a tendency to do stuff and not appreciate what the effort we put in as a team and as mm-hmm. individuals. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things we need to take away from this is it's a win already. Yeah. I think 
Yeah, hundred percent. Where we were, uh, there was a point where we were like, oh, is this going to be a success? Do we have mm-hmm. enough time because it's such a, t- a short time mm-hmm. frame? But no, this we need to see as a, as a success now. We've lobbied mm-hmm. the university to put yeah. a sizable amount of money into funding something like this, and then accepting that this is a big issue that needs mm-hmm. to be funded mm-hmm. properly. And we've yeah. now got a whole group of people hired and being paid for their work, which is often mm-hmm. what doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Unpaid labor for individuals who are BAME, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So like th- we need to, this is already a win, mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. And now yeah, it's, only, only, it's only more we can keep on winning. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think with, the, with this obviously being the pilot um, until this summer, then with the results that we have, we can only make it better and then hopefully like widen it to the whole university um what is that yeah how what are the plans for training chris so we've got some really exciting stuff coming up mm-hmm. um so on net well by the time this is out it, the training might have already been done mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it will be monday the second and tuesday the third um we are getting down um couple of people from hartford university who they've they've got a bame um, ambassadors project already up and running i don't know maybe like two three mm-hmm. years now um so they're going to come and impart some wisdom on on us which would mm-hmm. be great um we've got members of the su talking about um the amount of emotional labor fatigue on BAME individuals during this work mm-hmm. making sure people are aware and how we can yeah. support each other through that um we're doing a mini like race equality charter training mm-hmm. Ilias, who's the race equality charter manager at this university is going to come and do that um daniel who is a phd student is going to come and do um a session on the awarding gap and what's been done towards yeah. it and just like nationally in terms of university etc but yeah we're really excited um yeah. i think the best thing about the training is it's going to be an opportunity for everyone to talk about their personal experience mm-hmm. and open up and mm-hmm. share those and create some kind of sense of togetherness and how we can fix this problem mm-hmm. and institutional racism together yeah yeah exactly very exciting yeah no we're really excited yeah um what yeah. else have you been up to chris uh, so, so the journal limelight mm-hmm. journal um mm-hmm. we had Woo-woo. alicia on we've been oh, yeah. exactly. mm-hmm. um great guest alicia was a great mm-hmm. guest um yeah alicia was on i say three episodes ago yeah something like that um so yeah we've now closed submissions we've got nine submissions mm-hmm. which we're really happy about because nice. you know, it's a first edition um anticipations are long yeah <laughs> yeah they're long yeah. um and we're now going into the peer review stage mm-hmm. um alicia's done a great job in finding loads of peer reviewers um and sam our multimedia submissions editor has also found peer reviewers too so that's great yeah we're really excited mm-hmm. about that we're we're aiming for may um mm-hmm. we originally were like quite um we were quite optimistic. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd get the journal out in February. Mm. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, no, it was a good, yeah. good learning curve to understand mm-hmm. the processes and how long it takes to do this. Yeah, stuff. and maybe for May you can put it out on the dissertation deadline day. Yeah, be like, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, although might, that might just stress out some students. Yeah. Oh, here's some high quality work. <laughs> yeah. It's too late for you to change yours. Yeah, I was but. just thinking in my head that would it be like beneficial for people to see them before they do their dissertation yeah. but oh well yeah. <laughs> they can see um, them next year but yeah no that's mm-hmm. we're really excited about that yeah um yeah what's what's going on with our block grant nina oh well that's a thing isn't it um what is our block grant so the block grant is the money that we get from the union gets from the university which is most of our um funding and how we um are able to like run everything and so that has, to my knowledge, 
has kind of been like every every year or most years there's some talks about the amount and where money is going to um and for example there's some some stuff that kind of doesn't make sense for example with our um how we use the sports facilities and somehow the, we pay the money but then we get the money back or something like that um so this year we're trying to make that process with the university as kind of clear and easy as possible um but obviously it's it's really crucial to the union and to all of our kind of activities and services that we do that we um we get this money from from the university um so that's kind of going on for the whole spring i guess from our side and and kind of how we think about what we do and and also i think there's a chance here this is kind of a tangent but i feel like there's a chance here to really think about what our union is and for example how we how we not just represent but how our services and activities that we do um how accessible they are to the student body that we actually have because i feel like in in Sussex like you kind of said before in the university and also in the union we have this kind of idea that we're radical and we're progressive blah 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 but at the same time and I feel like that's there's an opportunity here to kind of diversify and focus what we do um to actually match the student population that we have in terms of yeah, international need to catch up yeah yeah exactly we need to catch up to what the student population actually is um especially in terms of international students and um baby students which I'm really excited about the new officer roles that we're gonna kind of address those quite directly um with the international students officer and then diversity access and participation officer um yeah ultimately with the block grant the thing is we are we're underfunded yeah we have societies with waiting Mm -hmm. lists of 500 people we have um we have societies and sports teams who don't have the correct equipment Mm -hmm. we can yeah we can't always um properly support people through support Mm -hmm. advocacy and make sure everyone Mm -hmm. gets an appointment they need so they can do whatever with their grades or get some Mm -hmm. support with the student life center or blah blah blah, all these things yeah so yeah we're hoping we can go to these negotiations Mm -hmm. and get ourselves in a stronger position where Mm -hmm. we have more funding Mm -hmm. um because yeah Yeah. if if we lose funding we're gonna have to have we're we're really gonna have to Mm reevaluate ourselves as a Mm -hmm. union and also i think realistically if we lose money we'll also have to reevaluate our position mm-hmm. in terms of our relationship with the university yeah. yeah yeah so what we were um thinking about is to kind of gather student experiences and kind of stories about um kind of anything students union related that has made like a good impact on you like during your like, kind of any stage in the, in the time that you've been here um so if anyone is is interested in getting us getting us the same amount of money or more money um to keep everything that we have going and and make some changes please do um get in contact with us yeah or um, equally just stand outside yeah. of sussex house and shout give the union more money <laughs> if you do that you can do anything if you do that long enough we might get some more money no, yeah yeah um but yeah, like I said, because obviously we were really dependent on this money. And then actually this year we might kind of lock in the money for the next three to five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're told it's next five years they'll budget for. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's important. Yeah. All right. Enough with the with the exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to the boring stuff, Nina. What's, what's your, what's your favourite conspiracy theory? 
I think I can't I can't pick a favorite because I'm like people who listen to podcasts might know I love astrology and I love conspiracy theories um but you were asking what conspiracy theory we should talk about today and I thought about um one that's actually really relevant what has happened this week last week with um Harvey Weinstein getting um getting a sentence or sentenced um in the US and the whole kind of me too me too thing was around um was around um Britney Spears having her um very public meltdown in like 2007 where she shaved her head head and was kind of yeah very publicly going through something so I have heard some conspiracy theories around why that happened and it is really sad and it's really disgusting and yeah it's uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it actually happened but conspiracy theories around that were that her sister who I believe is called Janie um was involved in either Disney or Nickelodeon or one of these big like companies that had like shows for kids so lots of the kids like become like child stars um she was involved in in one of those and allegedly what happened was um one of the big bosses in that company or that who was involved in making the show was um abusing her and then she got um she got pregnant because of that and she was like 16 15 maybe or even a bit younger um so the conspiracy theories that that happened but because this obviously the people in this industry are really powerful um and have lots of money and and all of that um they obviously like told the the spirit family that like obviously you can't tell anyone about, about this and and all of that kind of shit happened so that was the reason why Brittany kind of had that meltdown interesting do you believe which, it um <laughs> i don't want to get sued by anyone yeah. i like i said before i wouldn't be surprised like it's like i'm sure i'm either. i'm Papa sure <laughs> i'm sure that like and not just within the kind of entertainment industry but in every aspect of society like all of like most of this stuff is still kind of hidden and under the covers and like this this kind of shit happens all the time especially when people have enough power and have enough resources to scare people and and you know put them down um which obviously there has been um great changes with with the me too movement and and all of that yeah yeah it's it's a scary world i was yeah there, isn't it? yeah hidden interests everywhere mm-hmm. vested power exactly it's not what, cool you had some conspiracy theories you want to talk about i'm just gonna go with one okay which i find quite interesting mm-hmm. it's the paul is dead mm-hmm. conspiracy theory the one paul mccartney from mm-hmm. the beatles died and actually they got someone in instead of him to be the new pool mm-hmm. and how there's loads of little clues everywhere. I think there's in one of the album covers or in some mm-hmm. artwork somewhere, all of the, I think it's Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Mm-hmm. All of the Beatles are facing forwards, but then like, so you can see their faces mm-hmm. in the front of them, but then Paul's facing the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in one of their Beatles tracks, um, if you play it backwards, um, like it says Paul is gone or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 
and all this stuff. And yeah, and I just find it fascinating because Paul mm-hmm. McCartney must have just been there. I mean, if it is Paul McCartney, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. He must have just been there to be like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm this famous that yeah. people think I'm dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's one that's similar to um, Avril Lavigne. Is that how I know? Yeah. Um, there's a conspiracy theory that she died like years and years ago. But um, they got like a like a lookalike to like pretend to be her, and there's like detailed and detailed like videos on the internet about like she looks different here, she looks different here, she sounds different. That is actually another person, and then one that's actually a celebrity one as well is around. I also who is surprised love true crime, and um, one of the like biggest true crime cases is. Um, this little girl who died, um, John Benet Ramsey, who died um, in the 90s, I think. Um, and she was uh, like a pageant pageant queen. Um, and the conspiracy theory is that she didn't actually die in, and, and Katy Perry is her. Just wait, wait, wait. So Katy Perry is... Is John Benet Ramsey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you believe, do you believe it? <laughs> I, mean, I think it's that convincing. Yeah. Um, but it's a whole thing. Oh, they look exactly the same. And like, I think Katy Perry might have some kind of pageant queen background when she was a kid. Interesting. Or something. Well, yeah. Interesting. yeah. Yeah. Just go back to the Paul is dead one. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently on Abbey Road, um, mm-hmm. on the cover. He's walking across the, the street um, with no shoes on, mm-hmm. which apparently means he's dead. Mm-hmm. And also he's... he's you hold- don't need shoes in heaven. Well, you don't need clothes in heaven. He's mm. clothed. So. Mm. Um, and he's holding a cigarette in his right hand, but he was famously a lefty. Oh. So Paul's dead. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> Can someone sue us for that? <laughs> I mean, Paul McCartney can't because he's dead. So good <laughs> yeah. luck. Um, um, yeah. All right. I think that's um, it for the week. Yeah. Do you have anything yeah. else? Um, I reckon really. we're, we're racking up those those court cases. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And luckily, me and you are going to be yeah. <laughs> out from the union yeah. by the summer. So. <laughs> and out of the country. <laughs> yeah, so. And out of the country. <laughs> <Good luck. laughs> Maybe in the next episode, you can hear where both me and Chris are going. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we can get... Stay tuned. Would anyone get in touch and guess where we're going? Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants fun. to guess, yeah. We'll try and get some people to reach out. Yeah. Anyway. Perfect. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Nina. Bye. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to Talking Frank Without Frank. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, you can find them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search Talking Frank Without Frank.